Hello, welcome to the ClickBoom podcast. Yeah, I haven't been around in a while, and I also don't have a guest right now. <laughs> so thank you for tuning in. And the reason I'm making this episode is actually a little bit of an experiment because I want to actually um, see who tunes into this. I'm not announcing it. There is no post or anything. I'm just going to make this episode and see what kind of views it gets. Like, is anyone subscribed? So I'm very interested to see if I have any ClickBoom Omar Gonzalez podcast fans out there. And if you are listening to this and you want to say hello, write to me on Instagram. If you go to Instagram and go to at Ogonzilla, O-G-O-N-Z-I-L-L-A, just write to me a little note and I'll write back to you that you actually heard this episode. All right, so in this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about camera of the year. We're going to talk about maybe some things we want to see from Fujifilm in 2024, like what are they doing? <laughs> and uh, a little discussion on YouTube Fujifilm, making videos about Fujifilm. And I have some thoughts on that. Now, before we start that, I just want to talk a little bit about gratitude, where I'm super thankful for all of you that support me. You know, some people, I was just in New Orleans with my dad, and we went for three days. I took him to get gumbo and <laughs> see a new city. And it was like super pleasant. We were walking around, we got beignets, we got great fish. And I'm walking around on the street, and someone, the first day, we're in uh, Berman Street, and I'm photographing these musicians playing. I have the uh, Nikon ZF on me. And someone taps me on the shoulder and says, Omar? And it's funny. It's like I have 100%, um, what is it, imposter syndrome when someone stops me on the street and is like, Omar, I always think it's someone I know. Like, I think it's someone from, co <laughs> from college or something like that. I'm always like, where do I know you from? And it's happened enough times now where I finally am starting to get over my imposter syndrome. And I'm super thankful and grateful that someone like a real person, you know, because right now I'm talking in my office to a towel <laughs> because, you know, for sound reasons, not because I, you know, have like a little, you know, imaginary friend towel, you know, <laughs> um, but to see a real person and for them to tell me that they watch my videos and appreciate my videos is fantastic. I always try to turn it around and, and ask the person questions because it's it's just a little overwhelming and weird when it's just like about me. So I am super grateful for the people like that who just, and it happened twice in New Orleans, which was weird. And um, yeah, so great, so great. And I'm super thankful for all of you that listen, which is what inspired this podcast right now to record because this podcast is supposed to be an interview show it's supposed to you know kick my butt a little bit to find other people to collab with but um i think i'm going to do a couple more of these just to be a little a little bit better at like let my brain sort of free for all talk to you guys you know the super fans so again write to me <laughs> Let's talk about cameras of the year. I'm basically just going to talk about the ones I've used, the ones I'm using for work. Because, yes, I'm a little bit of a camera reviewer, but 
unlike other channels that get all the cameras and all the lenses, the reality of it is I either buy the cameras that I use or I get them sent to me maybe from Fujifilm. Nikon has sent me a camera once. Um, but for the most part, I have a B&H relationship that lets me get some cameras. But really, I'm embarrassed that I've never used a Panasonic camera. And I'm embarrassed that I haven't used a Leica or an Olympus camera. You know, as a camera reviewer, if I really was, I should have used those cameras, you know, and, and really given them a little bit of a spin. So I'm a little embarrassed about that. So my camera of the year is just Omar's camera of the year, not something after strenuous tests and, you know, uh, all kinds of uh, data, which will, you know, tell you that this really is the camera you should buy. No, 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 no. My camera of the year is the Nikon Z8. Now, two main reasons the camera is my, well, there's a lot of reasons. A lot of reasons, but the main things, the camera, you know, is this overall beast that gives you all these things, right? And so it gives you image quality. It gives you autofocus performance. It's ergonomics. It's how the camera, you know, um, if it, the, the features that it has and the customi customizability <laughs> that it has. And I found that the Z8 has been very comfortable, like the cockpit has been very comfortable um, as far as, uh, you know, custom buttons have been great. The autofocus modes have been great. The autofocus performance has, has been great for what I do. Low light event photography, fast moving people running kind of thing. It's been wonderful. So as far as autofocus goes, yes, a hundred percent win. Second, I'm glad the camera is large. Like I love the Z6 line and the Z7 line, those were great cameras as well. Um, and they're great that those cameras are great that they're small. Because if you want to travel, I brought that camera to Portugal to shoot videos with. And it's great that it's small. And a lot of people complain about ergonomics, but a smaller camera usually has the option to add a grip. And that's great because you can make your camera bigger, which I would. I would use the Z6 II with a grip and make it larger, but if I was traveling, the same thing I always said about the Fujifilm X-T20 when I first started talking about that camera is it was great that it was small, but you can make it feel like an X-T2 <laughs> by adding a little bit of a grip. So I appreciate that the, X, the Z6 line stays small for travel purposes, but back to the Z8 camera of the year, Omar Gonzalez's only camera of the year. <laughs> Um, ergonomics, it feeling like a DSLR was a definite bonus. And really image quality. Uh, I, the thing I learned to appreciate about Nikon is something that the other camera companies I feel aren't doing as well. And it's color consistency. I shot the D600. I shot the D700. Oh, the D700's colors are just a little different. That's like really old school. But let's say D600 and the uh, Z7, Z7 II, and all of them you're able to match. Like the colors are consistent, skin tones and reds and greens, yada, yada. But I felt when I picked up the R5, it just didn't have the same color science. I know I hate that word because, you know, some people are just like, there's no such thing as color science. It's your uh, raw processing editor and your skills. 
yeah, well, I believe <laughs> in color science. But anyway, I couldn't really get the R5 to look the way I wanted to. That says a lot about me, though, because, you know, I totally agree that you can get those images to look like the, you know, 5D Mark IV, but it takes a little bit more effort. The same thing with the um, the Canon R6. Is that it? R6? Yeah. The EOS R, I think, was the, the that mirrorless to me had the same color science, kind of. I really enjoyed the color science of the EOS R. And I've been fighting, like, you know, picking up that camera as a homage to Canon. But <laughs> anyway, if you have an EOS R out there, keep it. It has great megapixels. And I like the sensor on that camera. It's fantastic. But anyway, I digress. I think that uh, Nikon does a great job with color consistency. Fujifilm, I think, struggled with this a little bit as well. If you go from one generation to the next, their colors are a little bit different, slightly, not terribly, but slightly. So classic chrome in the first generation isn't the same as classic chrome in the second generation and so on. And speaking to some of the Fujifilm people, they kind of, you know, were talking about how it's, you know, processor dependent and the new sensors matching the, you know, the, uh, the uh, what are they, film simulations to the new processor slash sensor. I, I couldn't really understand, actually. I was just nodding. <laughs> so anyway, the Z8, customizable, the size, the color consistency, it was a complete win for me. As far as runner-up goes, I would say to me the, uh, the Sony A7C line, the new A7C, except for the EVF on that camera, it is a little better than the old A7C. But I just love the fact that that is a great travel camera for photos and videos. And if you want to shoot landscapes like the A7CR, man, what a powerful package in such a tiny, tiny camera. And those A7C cameras you can match up with. There's just so many lenses available for the Sony line if you want a, a street setup that's tiny. And then if you really want to go shoot birds, man, you could stick a large lens on front of that in front of that thing and and uh you know shoot birds which brings me to like fujifilm you know i i was trying to come up with a camera of the year and like the gfx 100 mark ii was on my list but i crossed it out because i shot that camera and it's just so niche you know it's a camera i would own if i shot you know studio portraits uh with a you know very shallow depth of field kind of look the 55mm 1.7 lens was just fantastic. Like, that was great to use. I've been meaning to make a video about this camera. But honestly, it's 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 just so niche, expensive. The lenses are super expensive. And um, when you're making videos, most people that are looking at videos are, are not going to buy that camera. So I just I'm, I was unexcited about it because I'm always trying to make videos for people who are either shoot events or professionals or are hobbyists that can afford a camera. And the GFX 100 line is like, who is really buying a GFX 100? It's so specialized. If you're shooting, you know, if you're making super billboard prints of landscapes, if you're shooting artwork that needs detail, um, or like I said, those portraits, you know, it's a great camera for that. But I wanted to put that on the list, but I really can't. It's funny, I make a video on the Nikon 
Z lineup, like the Z8 or the Z, you know, the Z lenses. And it's 100% guaranteed that there will be Fujifilm comments <laughs> on those videos. And it's funny, it's, it's, I understand. I understand, is especially if you've found me recently, most of my content is Fujifilm. And uh, I guess I'll talk about this now. This is, this is um, one of the things, videos on Fujifilm. I have a long, long library of Fujifilm content. That's how I started my channel. But it's sad to make Fujifilm videos now. Uh, this year has not been a great and exciting year for Fujifilm. First of all, this year started with, uh, you know, the X100 cameras just completely disappearing from stock. I think it was this year. It might have been last year too, but you cannot find stock of any Fujifilm cameras. And just buying those cameras, you can't really recommend those cameras, people selling them for double just because they trended on TikTok. It's very, very sad. So the X100 disappearing and becoming this sort of, um, you know, this trend, number one, was a little sad. And it was funny, people on YouTube were jumping on the trend, like making X100 videos about how great a camera it was because that was what the trend was. And uh, I, I thought about making, did I make a video about the X100? I don't think so. I might have made a video where we recommend something other than the X100 because to me that makes more sense to help people. And I feel that not only is the stock of the X100 it diminished, the, the X-E4, which was a great street camera, even though I didn't love it because they removed some buttons from it, maybe that's why they got rid of the camera and let it disappear is that they're going to bring back the little, you know, <laughs> the little switches and dials that they took off. This whole minimalist approach. Um, you know, I wasn't excited about the camera, but that was a really, really good camera. I shot that camera and enjoyed it, but that disappeared from stock. So if you're making these videos on YouTube about these cameras, it doesn't make any sense because people can't really buy it. And um, yeah, so you have to think about that if you're making YouTube videos, like what's your audience? People who already own the camera? Um, you know, so that's something that went down. And then the other thing is the lack of sort of X-T. The X-T5 was kind of the only camera. And that camera was great because they reduced the size of it. However, it was a little confusing and a little tough because it was the 40 megapixel sensor, which um, I don't know. I don't think more megapixels is the answer on some of these smaller APS-C cameras. I think it's great for landscape photographers, maybe event photographers, portrait photographers who want just a little bit more detail. But if you're doing street, you kind of want, you know, 24 megapixels is enough on APS-C, I think. You know, I look at some of my photos and even zoom in on them. And with the right Fujifilm lenses, they're super sharp. So I think that this year was the year of the X-H line sort of being available and the X-S20. Funny story about the X-S20. Wouldn't you say, if you watch my... Those are the 14 of you listening to this. <laughs> wouldn't you say that my channel would be the perfect channel to for Fujifilm to send an XS camera to the XS20. And hilari hilariously, 
uh, the company didn't send me a camera. I'm not totally bitter at all. I've totally no problem. Um, I'm always, I always respect their decisions. Uh, but it would have made sense because I started my channel with an X-T20 and I must have sold thousands of those cameras and I still use my X-T20, love it. It would have been cool to send me an XS20 where, you know, it sort of compares the X-T20 with the XS20 and um, I don't know, I would have come up with a bunch of ideas with that camera, but they never sent it to me. Pre-production, I mean, like before it was released. And... Uh, I'm going to admit it. I mean, I, I think I am a little bitter because as soon as the camera was released, I saw all these big channels with, you know, pre-release models. And that's okay. They're, they're bigger channels. That's fine. They get the camera. Uh, but I will admit that I was a little bitter. Yeah, it's coming out now. It's coming out in this podcast. <laughs> um, because I know I'm bitter. You know why? Because they they after it was released for a couple of weeks... They wrote to me and said, hey, do you want to try this camera? And, you know, the hype had passed. And I kind of was like, no, that's okay. So that's on me. And to be honest, the XS line is great. It's a great travel camera. But just it's doesn't it doesn't do it for me. You know, it doesn't inspire me. It's more like a little work camera. I would in my mind in my mind, you know, like I'm going to go and shoot video has great stabilization. I'm going to vlog on it. I'm working. I mean, I'm working and then I need it to shoot some videos. Maybe I'm teaching with it. So that is kind of my mindset about the XS20. It's got the dial with no, you know, it has kind of like an ugly blank dial. It'd be cool if they designed that dial a little better instead of being blank, maybe give it some, you know, some hash marks or something. Anyway, not my cup of tea, the XS line. And then the GFX line, that was this year. So no XT camera. So hope, hopefully for 20, oh, by the way, sorry. I don't mean to ramble here. I, I wrote a bullet here about videos on Fujifilm. A, a case study, which makes me sad, is uh, Pal2Tech, my friend Chris from Pal2Tech. The danger of being only Fujifilm and making only Fujifilm content is because of a like a year like this. This year was, you know, Instax, GFX, XS, uh, the, the XH line. And if you're making videos, you know, you're going to run out of ideas if you're only doing Fujifilm. And I made that decision maybe two or three years ago when I picked up a Sony camera. Now, my, my Sony videos do terrible. I don't care. I don't care. The cameras are good. If it's if a few people find the video and it helps them, especially event photographers and people that are trying to work, um, I'm totally okay with that, that the video doesn't do well. But it's kind of sad, you know, if there's no releases from Fujifilm and you're a Fujifilm channel, what do you make videos on? You know, the older cameras and the if, if you've made a video about every menu setting already, it's a little tough to, to come up and to create. Um, but you can argue that if you are specialized, then it, it sort of directs your creativity in one, you know, path. Like you, if you have to make Fujifilm videos, then maybe you scramble your brain a little bit and come up with some Fujifilm content. I did that when I, um, you know, I was neglecting my Fujifilm X-T2. And so I made a video about that, you know, and, and that was one of my more creative videos, you know, and had fun filming it. 
but I prefer to sort of branch out. I, in 2024, I really want to try Panasonic, Olympus, you know, try some of the other brands and uh, maybe not Leica because that, again, is not for the masses. But um, yeah, just make more content about and if I am making Fujifilm content, it's not going to be about the camera. It will be that I'm using a Fujifilm, but I'm in Portugal like last time. You know, that was great. I brought a cheap camera like the X-T20. And I love those pictures. I just love those pictures. And the fact that they were taken with an old camera and uh, older lenses, uh, it just makes me happier. And uh, instead of going to Portugal with the Z8 and, you know, a $3,000 lens kind of thing. So goes back to being grateful. Um, and I think in 2024, hopefully, like I said, try new cameras, hopefully come up with um, new ideas for the for the channel. My, I don't stress too much about my YouTube channel. Really, my main income is from being a professional photographer. And I think that is a little liberating. I, I really feel bad for other YouTubers that kind of have to have sponsors and have to chug along and you know have partnerships and sponsors they're making a living from youtube but i talk to a lot of them it's tough it's draining it really is a job and i think i enjoy youtube a lot more it being a hobby you know like an escape from my job and i love photography so much it's on my downtime i'm reading about it i'm researching it i'm practicing it and if I'm making a YouTube video, it's about photography. So it's completely my life. And look at it. I'm making a podcast right now talking to no one except you 14 people <laughs> about photography because I love it so much. So if you love it and you love this podcast, send me a message on, I, I, I don't know if you can send me a message on Spotify or Apple Music, but Try to send me a message. I do read my Instagram messages, but send me something there. The secret podcast is going to go out and we'll see who the super fans are that listen to it. Anyway, camera of the year, easily the Z8, but only for me. <laughs> there were a bunch of other cameras that came out this year, but that is mine. All right. I hope you enjoy that a little bit. I'll see you guys next time.